We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is March 4th, 2024. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke. As our listeners are listening or, or viewing this, we're getting ready for the Charlotte trip, my guy. We're getting ready, geared up to go to Charlotte. I'll be putting, helping get the babies down to bed on Monday night, heading over to old Jonathan's house, have a little sleepover, quick one. No big deal. Nothing weird about it. Nothing weird. Separate rooms. Don't make it weird. You know. And then we'll be waking up, flight, Charlotte. Hitting the town of Charlotte, good eats. Oh, There's yes. one thing about us: we're gonna have the eats in order. Have to, and we've got them in order. We've got them in order. My big, like my number one reason for going to Charlotte was to go to cookout. Like that was that's why Charlotte was at the top of my list. Was like you know, hopefully it'll be cooler weather this time of year. Probably one of the you know more inexpensive East Coast cities that we could travel to. Oh yeah, and cookouts there as well. And, so. and you know, treating ourselves to a nice, nice dinner right before the game. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's a good be, time. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Then we're going to, of course, the, what the people might care more about. Me, yourself, and Kevin recording the postgame live together after the game. So it'll be fun as long as the Magic win. It, that, that part will be fun. The postgame live part. Correct. Yeah, we've had quite a few folks that either live in the Charlotte area or are traveling to Charlotte for this game that our Magic fans like asking us, hey, where are you guys sitting? We'd love to meet up with you guys. So we're sit- sitting in section 109. We will probably find somewhere in like that area, like on the concourse level, to meet up with any Magic fans that are going to be there at halftime. So if you're going to be in Charlotte Tuesday night for that game, just be sure to follow us on like Twitter and, and Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we'll tweet wherever we're going to meet. We'll post it to the Instagram and Facebook story. So if you're going to be in the building, uh, just you know, be sure to look out for us at halftime. We'll be awesome to to meet a lot of you guys. So I am very much looking forward to that, Luke. 
looking forward to a few other things as well. Uh, for example, our next episode of the Six Fan Show originally was going to be filmed. I think that was scheduled for the 13th when the Magic play the Brooklyn Nets. However, taking a look at the standings, looks like that March 10th game, uh, that is a Sunday versus the Indiana Pacers, is going to have pretty big you know, implications when it comes to the Eastern Conference playoff standings. So we are shifting this. Uh, ben will now be uh, one week from tonight as we're recording this. He'll be outside of Kia March 10th after the Magic take on the Indiana Pacers. That's going to be a big game, so be on the lookout for that. And we have the date of the next watch party. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we sat down with the, the team from the Magic and we sort of figured out what was going to be, you know, the like November, December, January, February watch party dates got through February. And, you know, the Magic were sort of trying to figure out where the next one was going to be. So we have the next one. It's going to be March 15th when the Magic are in Toronto playing the Raptors. We'll be at Johnny's Fill-In Station, which is located at 2631 South Fern Creek Ave in Orlando. That game is going to be a 730 tip. So that watch party is going to get started probably around 7 o'clock. So again, that's Johnny's Fill-In Station, 2631 South Fern Creek Ave in Orlando. That's going to be March 15th. That is a Friday, 730 tip for that game. Be sure to come out. Michelob Ultra always has drink specials. There's going to be live entertainment you know, from the Magic, all that good stuff there. So be sure to come out. And uh, I don't want to give away too many details, Luke, but we're doing another group night this uh, this season. Not going to release all the details uh, right now, uh, but it's going to be towards the end of this month. This is something as awesome as the OKC night was, as much fun as that was to be at you know, Shaq's Jersey retirement, all that kind of stuff. What we're setting up for this is like going to be another one of those kind of like once in a lifetime kind of experiences. So uh, we'll be rolling out more details on that towards the end of this week. So be on the lookout for that and just be ready because I have a feeling once we put these up for sale, they are going to go quickly because it is a really, really, really good value. And I'm not just saying that. And I just want everybody to know, once again, we don't make any money when we do this. We are just doing this for the vibes to hang out with listeners and to have a great time and have a great experience. It's going to be a ball. You know what I mean? It's going yeah. to be a ball. It's going to be a great time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. All right. Let's get into the state of the Magic for this week, Luke. This week, the Magic went 3-0 and with wins over Brooklyn, Utah, and Detroit. They currently, as we are recording this, sit 6th in the Eastern Conference with a record of 35 wins, 26 losses. They're 13 games back of Boston. I need to look at the standings in real time here because things have changed since I sat down and, and recorded this. So I'm going to do this sort of in real time. Five games back of Milwaukee. We are four and a half games back of Cleveland after their loss to New York tonight. We're a full game back of New York. We're a half game back of Philadelphia. We're a half game up on Miami. A full game and a half up on Indiana. We are six and a half games up on Chicago, and we are eight and a half games up on Atlanta. On the season, the Magic are 22nd in the NBA in offensive rating with a rating of 113.1. Luke, we are back to fourth in the NBA in defensive rating with a defensive rating of 111.4, and now back up to 12th in net rating with a net rating of 1.8. And Luke, the injury report is clean. 
everybody's back. Jonathan Isaac is back after the the knee injury and the you know illness or whatever is going on. You know, Paolo Bancaro uh, came back earlier this week as well. Markel Fultz is in the lineup. Gary Harris is in the lineup. All those guys that have sort of been in and out, in and out. Everybody's back as of right now. Hope to keep it that way, Luke. And I know we're going to talk about you know these games, but uh, again tonight this game against Detroit. Markel, another game healthy coming off the bench. He was awesome tonight. But you and I have been talking about this for the last couple of episodes. It feels like as each game goes by, there's sort of it, it becomes anything. It's becoming more of anything, I guess I would say. Uh, are your feelings on that changing? And I think there's a possibility that his play tonight. I just is is it like oh he's so good we need to have him back in the starting lineup or is it hey look how good he is coming in off the bench? Mm-hmm. I I don't think I think what what our front office is going to come to the conclusion of if Markel Fultz is kept around the ultimate conclusion is that right that he is great off the bench but why is he great off the bench and not great with the starting unit or maybe with not what they want. Because as we said, the numbers have suggested that lineup, the starting lineup with Fultz in it, does very well. But long term, to me, it screams just going against the data and putting him on the bench just says to me that they don't want Paolo and Franz to play without spacing. Because Gary Harris is in the starting lineup, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter Jr., all of them can shoot the three ball. And it makes life easy for the starters. The starters tonight, I know it was Detroit. It's still an NBA team. They dismantled Detroit starting five tonight with that starting lineup. So as we continue to collect data with that starting lineup with with Gary involved, it doesn't necessarily mean Gary's going to be the answer. But it is going to mean that this front office is going to lean towards we need shooters, everybody else to be a shooter around Franz and Paolo. Both those guys can shoot the ball, but you need shooters as well. It's a it's a five out type of league. And that's what we what we're going to see. And Markel Fultz, unfortunately, doesn't complement maybe the scheme that they want. The offense that mostly wants to play but maybe can't because Fultz is involved and and how he wants that to look long-term just needs to have shooters. Because he's, I I say it jokingly all the time, but he's dangerous within three, four feet. He's dangerous. And even gave us a little something outside the paint tonight. One, one attempt, one make, eight for eight tonight. So, I mean, he's, he's a good player, but I don't know that he has complimentary to our stars. I tweeted tonight that Markel may be one of the greatest below-the-rim finishers of all time. In the moment, it felt like maybe this is a prisoner-of-the-moment tweet, but the more that I thought about it in that instant and the more that I think about it now, like there are not many guys in the history of the league that I think have like a better finishing package below the rim than Markel Fultz. Like just the way that he's able to create and find space and find angles where they don't seem to exist, and the amount of touch in English that he's able to put on the ball and just kiss it off the backboard and it just falls right into the net. Like 
obviously there are guys that you think of like Allen Iverson, Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, Jamal Crawford to a certain extent. Obviously, you know, Steph Curry's up there as well. Like, I'm sure there are other guys that I'm I'm not aware of or, or not mentioning, but man, Markel is up there with the best of them and just purely his ability to finish at the rim. Like through contact, without contact, avoiding contact, like just you're like, oh, there's no way that's going to go in. And then it, it goes up, it kisses off the glass, and it just falls right through the nylon. Like, the dude is truly special. So that's a hot take that I have. I also have some uh, potentially inflammatory remarks that I'm going to make when we get uh, deeper into the, the pod here. But we've got a couple of things to talk about before we get into that. So if you want to see some hot takes, or you want to hear some hot takes, rather, just uh, you know, keep listening to the show here. Luke. I want to take us back right now to Tuesday as uh, we have a segment here that we call the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. Going back to Tuesday night against the Brooklyn Nets, we're going to go back to the third quarter mark. The Magic are up 74 to 51. Sidelines out of bounds here. Mar- uh, not Mark, <laughs> Jalen Suggs, rather, is being uh, guarded, double teamed by Dennis Schroeder and Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Franz Wagner is inbounding the ball to Jalen. Jalen fakes to his right, cuts left, splits Dennis Schroeder and Mikhail Bridges. Franz throws the ball into the front court. Jalen is able to collect it, crossover dribble, fakes out Cam Thomas, drives to the lane, plants the right foot, plants the left foot. Nick Claxton is helping late. Jalen Suggs jumps up finishes with the right hand to give the Magic a then 25-point lead uh, with 7.50 to go in the third quarter. And in the moment, I think we all agreed that that was one that was going to be the jam of the week. And Luke, quite potentially, it might be jam of the year material. It really might be. It was just an electric play from Jalen. We don't get many of those from Jalen. So just the whole the whole sequence of events there and then finishing over Nick Claxton, I don't particularly care that Nick Claxton missed time to jump and help late. It was really impressive from the guy. It was. And like you said, that's our Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. If you guys haven't heard, Jam Hot Chicken is a Nashville and LA-inspired hot chicken shack locally owned and operated in Winter Park, specifically 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13, and Hannibal Square. You can check them out, jamhotchickenfl.com. The Look at their menu. You can order ahead there as well. They got music playlists, all things Jam Hot. And you can also find them on social media at Jam Hot Chicken on all social media. We have gotten a lot of really cool feedback lately from listeners and listeners reaching out to Jam Hot and just telling them like, hey, I heard of you from the Six Man Show. And they did, they did not overhype right? They didn't overhype because you can't hype enough, essentially. It's impossible. The best chicken sandwich. And we always have people telling us, you aren't lying. We're not lying. We don't play about food. We wouldn't have a partnership with a place that didn't have great food. And Jam Hot has immaculate, incredible, otherworldly chicken. So go check them out. Let them know we sent you. Jonathan, before we move on, I have a question. Paolo Bencaro against the Detroit Pistons goes coast to coast tonight and has an impressive coast to coast finish. Was there any part of you in that moment that was like, Ooh, I, we might have to talk, talk it over and see if we all agree on the jam of the week. Or were you just kind of like, you no, know, the Jalen sucks dunk far and away. 
what blew me away more than the Palo. Had all three Pistons uh, that were around Palo not made the business decision yep. to just get the heck out of the way, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna look back at this now, see if I can find that dunk. Yeah, right here in the the second quarter, he drives, and it's Fontecchio, Cade Cunningham, and Asar Thompson all around him as he elevates for the dunk, and he throws it down with the right hand. Really, really impressive play and finish from Paolo. But I think just because nobody had the gall to challenge him at the rim, and at least Claxton gave Jalen like a half contest, Mm -hmm. and it was just the fact that like he splits Schroeder and Bridges, crosses over Cam Thomas, like really, really nice pass from Franz. It was all of that sort of put together. But if you're, you're asking just like what was the more like physically imposing play, like that Palo Bancaro dunk was disgusting. They they all knew not to jump. Every well, they saw what happened them. to Corey Joseph last year in Detroit. Exactly, and a lot so, of those listen, guys were there to witness that. Palo's got a thing for just dunking all over the Detroit Pistons, and we're here for it. But yeah, I wanted to ask you that. I I would I I definitely agree. Jalen honorable Suggs mention. Dunk. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The Suggs dunk in the sequence is the jam of the week, deservedly so. But there was a part of me when a dunk happened. Before I saw replay, I was like, oh, yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe that's going to rival Jalen's dunk. But then, yeah, you look back at the tape and none of them jumped. And that's when I was like, okay, this isn't going to be jam of the week. But it, it is. It, they, they knew. They knew not to jump. If Cade Cunningham would have made the dire mistake of <laughs> elevating, Paolo just would have put him into the third row. Detonated. Like, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been like. You remember when Kobe dunked on Dwight Howard? Like yeah. it could have been something to that effect. Yeah. And if that had been the case, like, ooh, he's dunking over the the other number one overall pick and everything like that, then yes, it probably would have been. Mm-hmm. But those three gentlemen from Michigan all made the correct decision and just getting the heck out of the way. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Chase Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, let's go back uh, to what night was that now? What's today? Today's Sunday. So that was what Thursday night against Utah, if my memory uh, serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always, but I believe it was Thursday yep. against the Utah Jazz. No Jonathan Isaac in that one. Obviously, you know he was still still dealing with the you know knee injury, you know slash illness. I'm choosing to believe that it was more so the illness than anything. Pretty sure that's what Jamal Mosley uh, laid out ahead of the game as well, and they you know expected him to to come back uh, Thursday, but. Luke, going back to uh, the beginning of the year, if you remember the first few games, Paolo Bancaro wasn't exactly like setting the the league on fire, wasn't scoring a ton, didn't have the start that a lot of us expected him to, but he got going with that 30-point performance earlier in the year against Utah where he so famously, after the game, said, rough start, so what, this is what I do, and since then has been showing the world that is exactly what Paolo Bancaro does. So I was really looking forward uh, to this matchup for Paolo, because anytime that you have a good game against a, a team, the next time that you play them, you got a little a uh, little extra swagger in your step. Paolo Bancaro did not uh, did not disappoint by any means in this game, but I want to go back, Luke, uh, to the the second quarter here, where uh, just with a, a couple of minutes to go in that second quarter, two thirty one to go, the Magic on a Mo Wagner dunk had a thirteen point lead. And at that moment, you're feeling really good. Okay, we've got two and a half minutes. Maybe we can push this to you know 16 or 17 by the half. But the Utah Jazz go on a 10 to nothing run over the course of the last two and a half minutes of the second quarter. Magic have a 53 to 51 lead going into the half. The third and fourth quarters, Luke, were very much back and forth. I think Utah took as much of a four, as much as a four point lead in that third quarter before the Magic took the lead. But again, that fourth quarter really, really just back and forth. It felt like the game was going to go either way until we fast forward to the two fifty mark with two fifty to go in the fourth quarter. Jalen Suggs hits a three. A couple of possessions go by. I think Jalen fouls Keontae George on the next possession. He, uh, you know, makes all three free throws to again make it a one point game. Uh, Paolo has a turnover. Keontae George misses a layup. Magic go to the other end. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. finds Jalen Suggs. Uh, I think that one was on the wing for another three to give the Magic a four point lead again. And then on the next possession. Jalen Suggs is found by Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro waits for the double. The double comes. He swings the ball to the right corner, finds Jalen Suggs for the three, and I stood up off my couch, and I threw up the three fingers and yelled, ball game, before Jalen even took the shot. He knocks it down. On the next possession, Franz Wagner steals the ball, runs the other way, dunks it to make it a 112-103 lead with 49 seconds to go, Luke. And that was all she wrote. This 
it, it was a little bit frustrating in that first half because it felt like if the Magic just kept that up for a few more minutes, you texted like five minutes into the game. You're like, Utah does not want to be in Orlando tonight. They want no part of this game. And I thought that was pretty evident. But when you give them that run to close the first half, now they go into halftime like, okay, we're only down two, regardless of whether or not we want to be here. It's the second half. We're on the road. We have a chance to go out and win this game. And you saw them play accordingly the rest of the way and then just could not be more happy for Jalen just like single-handedly closing that game out the last couple of minutes with those three threes. And it's just sort of like a full circle moment for Jalen, like struggled so much the first couple of years shooting the basketball. This year, he's you know right below 40% as we're recording this. And uh, yeah, it was just an awesome way to, to end the game. Happy that Paolo Bancaro, again, you know, played out of his mind. What was it like 29, 9, and 6, 10 of 16 from the floor, 62% from the from the floor, like 8 of 11 from the free throw line. Just Paolo Bancaro and the way that he is just doing it all for the magic. Like this year, he's one of like five guys in the league leading his team in points, rebounds, and score and assists, rather. Just nothing more that you can ask from the the second year all-star Paolo Bancaro in this one, Luke. I mean, well welcomed performance from Paolo after we had seen when he was struggling with the illness. He wasn't going too hot, so this was like his first game coming back and officially had shaken off the the uh, the illness. But there was a part of me that was like, I wonder if he's still going to be sluggish and not really be able to do his thing. And to be fair, I mean, he has six six turnovers in this one. A little sloppier with the ball than you would hope that your that your primary option is, but you can't really say too much because he goes and shoots ten of sixteen from the field and gets those twenty nine points and rebounding well. Definitely not showing a, a lack of effort in this one, despite recovering from that. Everything you want in your guy. We'll talk about it with the Pistons game, but I thought that I was like looking back and forth, comparing box score and everything, and just clicking back and forth. Palo Bencaro, 10 of 16 in the Pistons game, 10 of 16 in this Jazz game, 29 points in both games, roughly the same stat line. <laughs> He's 29, 9 and 6 in that Utah game tonight against Detroit, 29, 8 and 5. So just good to see. And welcomed sight that the Palo Bencaro seems to be back, but I mean, and and it, and it just continues further cement the things I always look at in a win in any game. Points in the paint, fifty six to thirty. Fifty six to thirty. This team knows their identity, which is so important heading into the postseason. Know your identity. Know what you're good at. This team has known for a while because it's been made abundantly clear. In terms of the three-point shooting, like you're not a high-volume three-point shooting team, but you get 56 points in the paint, out rebound 45 to 37, shoot 54 percent from the field, ball was moving, 27 assists, six blocks, defense, points in the paint, rebounding, the identity of this team yet again, shocking, you win the game. It's going to continue to be a trend through the postseason. If the Magic steal a game, two, three, dare I say four, in the playoff in a series, we're going to be able to look at that and say, I promise I know how they did it. 
without even looking at the team stats. I know exactly how they won. So good to see sticking to the identity. This is a game where you're supposed to win and you take care of business. That's going to continue to be the trend that has to happen for this team to be able to capitalize and, and fight their way up the standings. They did it. They did it in this jazz game. They do it against Detroit. Um, I mean, proud of this team. Jalen sucks. Not enough can be said about that dude. Really, there, there can't be. So we could talk about him the rest of this episode, and I still don't think I would be done talking about him. Like his performance and the way he steps up in clutch moments. The kid, we saw it with the game winner against UCLA in March Madness. Hits the shot in March Madness to win the game. And he's done it time and time again in a Magic uniform. He loves big moments. He is a player that people are going to fall in love with or hate come the postseason. We've seen a little bit of it so far this year, but that moment down the stretch, John Collins hits the free throw, makes it a one-point game. And the way to just answer like that and take over the game, the intangibles, things you can't measure, fear or lack of fear, Jalen Suggs has none. And it is going to continue to win us a ton of games. 24 months ago, like that sequence is is not something I think anybody would have envisioned. No, I, I just for a lot of people know, but I, I just want to like point out the numbers for people that may not know how drastic of an improvement he's made over the past couple of years. So the rookie year plays forty eight games in the entire season, right? On four point one attempts per game, he shoots twenty one point four percent from behind the arc. Year two plays 53 games in the entire season. On 3.8 three-point attempts a game, shoots 32.7%. So that's an 11.3% increase from year one to year two. Now, fast forward to this year with how many games we have left now? Is like 21 games left, something like that. He's already played 56. So we've got 21 games to go. He's already played the most games this season that he's played in any season so far in his career. He's taking the most attempts per game from behind the arc of his career at 5.2. And he's shooting 39.2%. That's almost a 7% improvement off of his improvement from last year. And that's almost 18% improvement from behind the arc from two seasons ago. That is legitimately almost unheard of to have that kind of shooting trajectory just three years into your career. I mean, yeah, there's nothing else to say at that point. To have the improvement that he has shows the amount of work he has put in. And it's not just the work he puts into his shooting. It's the work he puts into film because I think it was maybe David Steele before the game starts tonight I think they were talking about Jalen in this moment it applies to Jalen regardless but he says a lot of Jalen's threes like not, none of them feel ill-advised at least maybe only like a handful do and that's really when he's just got it going and it's a heat check and at that point do whatever you want take, they take that heat check shot because if it goes in, I'm, I'm running out of my house. So take it. Keep taking them. 
But outside of that, like he really doesn't take stuff that's out of the flow of the game. He doesn't take a three too early in the shot clock. Like there's a, a with Jalen, especially with how good he has been shooting 39% from three on the highest volume of his career. He takes it within the flow of the game. He lets the game come to him and he feels the moment. And he does such a good job at that. Like he he knows in that game where he in this jazz game where he goes berserk has three of his total what four made threes in the final two and a half, two forty, whatever it was. That's game feel. And it's also just knocking down your shots. When Paolo is doubled, which by the way, maybe the most underrated part of that, but Paolo's gravity caused Jalen's dagger three. They go over to essentially double help in the post because nobody can handle all that. Jalen Suggs, wide open. And that's game. So it, the gravity of Paolo and, and how great he is paired with Jalen and his will to get better and drive and work ethic and and just like pure knowledge how much he has grown not enough can be said that and something that he's been he he was doing really well at the beginning of the year when like Markel and Wendell were out and it was almost like out of necessity you know felt the pressure to kind of step up in their absence when he was especially at the beginning of games like really setting the tone by getting to the rim We've talked about how he's gotten away from that at times this year, but the last few games, it feels like that shooting gravity is giving him that leverage to attack those guys sort of off the dribble, which has been really nice to see. But yeah, Jalen's been awesome. And Luke, I want to go back to something that you said a moment ago where you mentioned potentially stealing two or three or four games in the playoffs. We need to talk about what you promised tonight mm. on the post game live. That's fair. Because to be honest and, and to be fair, I sort of instigated this. But go ahead and, and talk about what the, the deal that you've made with the devil. So just to set the scene for you guys, doing the post-game live show after the Pistons game. And Jonathan jokingly says, because we're talking about the playoffs or something. In the chat. In the chat, Jonathan says that if the Magic win a playoff series, Luke's shaving, going bald essentially, and obviously quickly dismissed, right? That's not happening. I'm not doing that. But then someone else proposed something. I was like, ooh, I can get on board with this. Because with the whole shaving my head bald thing, I no part of me wants to do that. It can't even be like, oh, this is a fun thing. I don't want to do that. So I would find myself rooting for the match to lose the playoff series. If we're being honest, I'm not going bald. Any means necessary. <laughs> But someone proposed a better option. They said if the Magic win a playoff series, Luke has to grow out his hair and facial hair for a year without a haircut of any sort. And my wife is hearing this for the first time and her mouth oh, is no. open. Um, that is something I, I, I am entertaining. And that's something I absolutely said that, that I would do. So... Lauren finding out about this live as you're recording in your kitchen yeah. is, is yeah, awesome. She just walked by me like picking up the house like yeah don't do it but <laughs> Lauren is actively rooting against the magic the rest of the way here. <laughs> uh, so yeah so we're gonna we're gonna roll with that. 
in the playoffs, if the Magic win a playoff series, no hair will be cut. And we can leave it at that. All right. Let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to our patrons, uh, the folks that help support the show and help make each and every episode and event everything that we do possible. Uh, We really, really appreciate you all. We give our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons a special shout out on each and every episode. If you would like to be part of that special shout out, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, uh, where for as little as $2 a month, you can just help support the show. We have other tiers that have other benefits like access to our discord channel, where we have like 60 plus magic fans that all day, every day, especially during magic games uh, are just talking about Orlando magic basketball. So uh, patrons also get early access to special things that we have going on, like something that we may have coming up in a, a couple of weeks here. Uh, our patrons are going to get access to a lot of that stuff before everybody else does, just as our way of saying thank you. And, uh, you know, we we appreciate you all for helping support the show. So without further ado, going to give a special shout out to our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons, starting with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, normal magic player history, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller. Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Palo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Dan Moldetto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Halfreak, and Shahan 177, Bobby the Don, Himlo, Bam Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Mysterious Mosley, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Walsh, Fritz, Currency Kev, Brov Sal, Kaysen Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timsa, Chansu, Tom Gadsden, Dead Air, Richard Tuttle, Jeremiah Quintero, Barstool Magic, Debo1980, and Magic Mike. Again, a big thank you to all of our patrons. If you would like to join the Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Luke, tonight the Magic took on the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons come in, I think it was like a nine and fifty kind of record, just mm-hmm. really unbelievable, you know, for them. Uh, this was the opportunity for the Magic to go ahead and sweep the season series. Wanted to see the Magic come out, you know, take care of business pretty early on. Didn't exactly do that. Um, this game was not really totally out of hand at any point. It looked like it was certainly heading in that direction. Magic had a nine-point lead at the half, got that lead up to as much as 27 
in the third quarter before Detroit ends up coming back. I believe we were up 18 going into the fourth. I think the lead got down to as much as 13 before Jamal Mosley decided to check the starters back in. And Luke, that was really the the story of the game tonight for me is just how well the starters played. Mm-hmm. Um, just the bench unit just didn't really have it tonight. I think the the bench unit of the Detroit Pistons, mostly led by uh, Fontecchio and Fournier, those guys played really well. Uh, and our guys just didn't really have it offensively in that second unit. And the the defense sort of got a little bit out of hand in that second unit as well. Wasn't quite as sharp as we're accustomed to. But the story of this game was like really just the magic starting unit dominating. Like go through the plus minus here of the starting lineup. Franz at 29, Paolo plus 30, Wendell plus 31, Gary Harris plus 29, Jalen plus 32. Luke, for me, that was the story of the game. This is a game that you absolutely do not want to drop uh, to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, and yeah, got a little bit, uh, I don't even want to say dangerous in that fourth quarter because I was never, I never felt like the Magic were really threatened. But props to Jamal Mosley and going back to the starters when he should and props to the starters for coming in and just taking care of business in this one. There's not going to be many games that you look at the quarter by quarter and see the, that your team won every single quarter. The games that it should happen are the ones against like the Detroit Pistons, Washington Wizards, those type of games. But even when the Magic win, you go through a quarter by quarter breakdown, and the Magic typically, and then a win will win like two or three quarters. Rarely do you win every quarter, no matter how badly you beat the other team. So for the Magic to win every quarter by at least four. You win the first and the fourth quarter by four. You win the second quarter by five. You win the third quarter by nine. It's impressive regardless. So you play your brand again. You you outscore them 68 to 40 in the paint. You don't shoot many threes. You shoot 23 of them. You out-rebound them 48 to 28. And you win the game. The Magic were horrendous protecting the basketball. You you could have won this game by 35, but you turn the ball over 22 times to a team that only forces 12 a game. I get it. Like, you're blowing the doors off them at points. But still, in that fourth quarter, like you alluded to, you're up nine at one point. Like They cut it to nine. At that point, in a game... Two NBA teams, fourth quarter, nine-point game. The opposing team can come back and win that. Or make it way more interesting than it needs to be. Kudos to our guys for stretching that lead back out and despite shooting themselves in the foot with all those turnovers, winning this game by 22. But Detroit shoots 14 more shots than you. There's no reason that should happen. And a lot of the concern, like when I was on the postgame live, was people were saying, you're not going to be able to get away with this in the playoffs. And you're not. 22 turnovers in a playoff game, you lose. It's just not good. You're not going to win that game. And the Magic just have to lock in on their turnover problems. It's, we've been saying it. They're a young team, blah, 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 blah. This young team is good at a lot of things. They're very good at a lot of things. 
they are very bad at protecting the basketball. And you can't, you, you just can't have that many turnovers and only force 12 on the other end, by the way. With the defense that you have and that you boast, Detroit went the whole first quarter without turning the ball over. You have to be flying around to set the tone in a game. That is the second straight time that that has happened when we've played Detroit. The last game as well, they had zero first quarter turnovers. And and again, could be a this is our opponent thing. They're not very good. You, It's hard to nitpick with this game just because you did win by as much as you did. You didn't lose a quarter. You played well everywhere else. But unfortunately, protecting the basketball is a huge part of this game, and it's the way the other team gets more shots than you. The Detroit Pistons should not have 14-plus more shots than you. So it's that easy. Maybe it's a Detroit thing as far as like 22 turnovers. That's a lot. I don't know what our season high is. I would reckon there's a crazy number out there. But yeah, I I don't know. It, it was That was the most frustrating part of the game, absolutely, in a 20-point win. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, 22 turnovers, not going to get it done. Uh, Not quite forced. Like for a perfect storm where the Magic are towards the top of the league in turnovers forced a game, like right at 15, and Detroit averaging 15 turnovers a game, I would expect like at least a little bit of an uptick just because it's one of the worst teams in the league at turning over the ball and one of the best teams in the league at forcing turnovers. So the fact that, again, you're not able to force a single turnover in the first quarter, a little bit disappointing. I felt like the Magic were like really solid defensively throughout this game. Like you, I talked about it tonight on the post game live. Like I always go back to that 2018, 2019 season mm-hmm. where like in the playoffs, like versus Toronto, not only Toronto, but for the better portion of like the last third of that season, the Magic's defense just felt smothering. And that team did not have the defensive personnel that this team does. So the fact that like, the way that this defense is most impactful at, a lot of times is by forcing turnovers, not just like by flat out getting stops. I am interested to see how that's going to translate to the postseason. And a lot of times why I feel like we're begging to see Jonathan Isaac in that death lineup again with some of the starters. And the fact that that was so impactful in the the very small sample size rat, you know, that that we saw it in, but a handful of games that we saw it in, it was just so devastating. I think that may be one of those things that Mosley is just like keeping in his back pocket. Like we have proof of concept. We ran that out for a handful of games. We saw that it was incredible. Let's not give too much film up on this. I do think there could be an element of that, but that's the lineup that is most interesting to me is that lineup with Jalen, Franz, Paolo, J.I., and Wendell because it is just, it is that smothering type of defensive lineup. So again, back to the turnovers. It was really disappointing. Looking at Paolo Bancaro's stat line, I sort of had to do a double take just now as we're recording thinking like, man, was I talking about the wrong stat line yeah. earlier? Because this is his second game in a row with 29 points, shooting exactly 10 of 16 from the floor. 62.5% mm-hmm. for Paolo the last couple of games. Just absolutely ridiculous. Added eight rebounds, five assists. Wendell Carter Jr., I felt like this was legitimately one of his best games of the year. 19 points, eight rebounds, three assists, a steal, two blocks. 
Like we're talking about like that. We were just talking about this actually the last episode where he hasn't really felt like that defensive presence this season. The la- like two out of the last three games, he really has felt like that. And that was really encouraging. Uh, Jalen, I thought was pretty solid. 11 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block five of eight. And then Markel off the bench. Like we talk about the bench unit not being that great tonight. Markel was the exception uh, to that. 16 points, eight of eight from the floor. Had a stretch of 10 straight points for the Magic when he checked in in the second half. Uh, three rebounds, one assist, and a block for Markel. He was awesome. The whole story is bench unit wasn't great. The starters were. When the starters came in, they took care of business, and the Magic get a big, much-needed win, Luke. Um, I want to go back. I Obviously, echo sentiment of, of everything you just said. Markel Fultz was awesome. Going out of eight. And Wendell, absolutely. You're not going to find a bigger Wendell guy than myself. He was awesome. I wanted to go back real quick to the death lineup, which I think you're what you're referencing is Suggs, uh, Wagner, J.I., Palo, Dell. Yes, that is correct. So like you said, small sample size, 51 possessions. And the Magic have like 10 plus lineups that have 100 possessions or more played. So for me, that's kind of the benchmark of if you have 100 plus possessions played, chances are like that's a decent sample size, at least to start deducing some type of feelings about the lineup. But there are trends in how a lineup plays together. And with that lineup, because I did a, a post the other day, essentially putting out like the five most played magic lineups, what their, you know, the if they their impact, positive, negative. And like the differential, and then ask you know people could ask questions, and I would look it up on per clean the glass. Someone asked me about the lineup. I looked it up, excited because I was like, I know this number's good. I know what I saw, and I go and I look, and they've played fifty one possessions. They are minus seven point one in those possessions, so that was surprising to me. But you can't take away what we did see where team just like just weren't able to score at all and you were still able to be in the positive and that point differential in those games. So maybe in those other games that where they played like a few possessions together here and there, maybe they just didn't go well. But when we've seen it stretched out, I am pretty positive. My memory serves me correctly. It was a good outcome. But part of me wonders, you said you wonder if you're with Mosley's keeping it in the back pot, pocket. Part of me wonders if Mosley and his guys are looking at this saying they're minus 7.1. Yes, it's small sample size, but that's how coaches find the lineups that are kind of diamond in the rough. They're able to see here's some lineups with small sample sizes, but they have a great result. Therefore, we're going to ride with it, see if it is something, if it is anything, if you will. So part of me wonders if that's the case or if it's just J.I. can't say on regular minutes and so whatever, but we have seen Mosley more than once go to J.I. to close the game. And it's something I would like to see because even if you're saving it, if you're going to use it, just use it. If you're going to use it come postseason, I would love these guys to continue to have continuity and play. Mosley has been such a huge continuity guy being that when, you know, Dell goes down, Goga goes to the starting lineup. So he doesn't mess up the flow with the bench. 
Markel Fultz goes down. AB goes in the starting lineup to not mess with the continuity of the bench for the times like the postseason that they need that chemistry and, and they have the continuity. So if Mosley's going to use it, I would hope that he uses it with J.I. maybe ramping back up. Yeah, look, I find that super interesting. Going back to February 4th, uh, up to that point, it was six games and it was only 22 minutes. I don't have the number of how many possessions it was. But at that time, that lineup had a 114 offensive rating and a defensive rating of 97.9 and an overall net rating of 16.4. So I don't know how many possessions you would get over the course of 22 minutes. You know, Probably really, really small sample size there, but kind of see like where all that went wrong. Because if we go back to that time on the schedule... Yeah, that was like when we had pulled off that win against San Antonio, had the win over Minnesota, had a big win over Detroit, like at that time. And uh, also that like fourth quarter against the Phoenix Suns where we just like completely shut them out. So I'd be interested to see sort of where that lineup went wrong. But it just feels like the defense has another level to get to that we haven't seen. And just like in the half court set, other than forcing turnovers because in the playoffs like when the game slows down turnovers are just normally you know naturally going to drop because you don't have that pace of play and the number of possessions so that's definitely something to to keep an eye on earlier i mentioned luke that i had some potentially uh inflammatory remarks to make here on the pod and i just want to point out the fact that that run by the detroit pistons in the second half Largely came off of the back of one X magic, Evan Fournier. And now I tweeted this out and I, I don't always do this. I did tweet this. I was engagement farming. I am I won't I won't hide that fact. But I looked up Evan Fournier's contract and he has a fat team option coming up this summer. I would not be surprised if Evan Fournier was a free agent this offseason and if the Magic decide to move on from Gary Harris and Joe Ingles, and we're looking for a backup too. I I genuinely don't feel like it is the worst fit in the world. I know there are a lot of people out there that disagree with that, but when you look at a guy who I think has proven, and he looked like it tonight, still capable of being a secondary playmaker off the bench, still a 40% three-point shooter, there are much worse fits out there than Evan Fournier, and I will die on the hill that the hate that has been directed at Evan Fournier by so many Magic fans really should belong to Rob Hennigan, and Rob Hennigan does not get nearly enough blame for that. I have said my piece. I will let you, uh, you know, uh, give your rebuttal here, Jonathan. Do you ever have a girlfriend that just she wasn't good? Like you guys <laughs> had your time, and it didn't go well. You know what I mean? It didn't go well. All right, we're going to leave it there. Oh, man. The, the, the time with that girlfriend didn't go well, but then you had some time apart. I get it. And you were like, man, we, what we had, I remember the good stuff. I can't quite remember much of the bad anymore. It's so distant, you know? And now I want to give it a go again. And then you do it. And the next thing you know, Jonathan, do you know what you are? You're that couple that breaks up all the time and you, nobody <laughs> likes you. 
because you're you're getting together and then you're done and then you're back oh, together. And that would be what it would be like to bring Evan Fournier back into the fold. The damage was done. The team was not great with him here, as we all well know. I just don't want to bring back old things. I get We're it. doing great with our new girl. Right? I get it. I do get it's it. It's purring. And I don't want to mess a good thing up. I, I you know, I, it's it's hard. If he was still on the team, maybe this is a different conversation, right? If you don't blow him up with, with everything, but you did. And what's done right. is done. I think the bridge is probably burned. And oh. and it's, you know, it is what it is. Oh, I, 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 I'm certainly not naive to the fact that it is incredibly, incredibly unlikely mm-hmm. for the Evan Fournier fan in me, which I am, everybody knows unapologetically. I, I'm an Evan Fournier truther in that regard, I think. I It just pains me that we never got to see him in the role that he always should have been which is pretty close to the Joe Ingles role now. And I think in that context, Evan Fournier would have been remembered much differently. Like if Evan Fournier's like year 26 through like 29 seasons were in that kind of role, I think Magic fans would remember Evan Fournier much differently. And it is not his fault that he was not in that role. It was Rob Hennigan's again. But I... I understand, but I as I'm tweeting it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get killed for this. But I, I just couldn't help myself in saying that anyway. Tweet, gif usage and all. Yeah. It was a great tweet. And I don't disagree with you. You and I have talked about it. I don't disagree with you that Evan was just miscast. And you changed my mind on that. And my feelings toward him changed once I realized that even though it's easy to tie my anger to the player that's making the the turnovers and clutch moments. I also have to remember that it's not his fault. He just is doing what he's told. He is playing the minutes in the role that he is told. Created some fun moments for us in the bleak days for sure. But yeah, I I would not be on board welcoming him back. And um, I don't think I am in the minority. I know I'm not. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your, your boldness to stand in, in front of our followers and say that. I would almost just want to see it solely for the reaction of Magic Twitter, the awesome. Woj notification, and then the would be awesome. complete and utter meltdown as I take my victory lap and cheer and celebrate so would be absolutely incredible. Okay, this uh, we're, we're moving past the Evan Fournier uh, segment here. Let's take a look at the week ahead, Luke. Myself, you, Kevin, we will be in Charlotte Tuesday. As the Magic uh, take on the Hornets, that game's going to tip off at 7 o'clock. Then they leave Charlotte that night, head to Washington for their second night of that back-to-back. Uh, they'll be at Washington on Wednesday. That game tips off at 7 o'clock. And then they go over to the Big Apple to take on the Knicks, which Jalen Brunson went down tonight with what they're calling a knee contusion. And OG Ananobi and Julius Randle are both still out, even though the Knicks did get the win tonight over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank you for nothing, Cleveland, by the way. Uh, we will take on the New York Knicks, which again is going to be a really big game. That game tips off at 7.30. Then we come back home and wrap up the week Sunday at home versus the Indiana Pacers. That game tips off at 6 o'clock. Both of those games are going to have big uh, Eastern Conference playoff standing implications. And again, uh, Ben is going to be filming the Six Fan Show after that Pacers game. Luke. I'm just going to keep the good vibes rolling here. People want to see your nipples throughout this week. I'm going to say 4-0. Uh, 
Yeah, I also, I don't remember if we've said this. We probably have at some point in the show, but I want to reiterate with that when tonight against the Pistons, the Magic have surpassed last season's win total. Uh, we did not say that, but that is a good so, point. Congratulations to all you Magic fans. Seems like there is light at the end of the tunnel, as we well know. And the Magic continue to roll. I think I'm with you. Because when we're on a win streak, <laughs> oh, baby. when we're on a win streak, I just can't help myself mm-hmm. to be like, hey, we won three, what's ten? You know what I mean? <laughs> when, really, when at the end of the day, just win the game. You know what I mean? Win against the person, the team in front of you. Hornets, like you said, Wizards, Knicks, Pacers, go 4-0. Chalk it up. It's a 4-0 type of week. That's a seven-game win streak for Orlando Magic. I might as well take my shirt off already because it's already happened in my mind and your mind. But yes, on wins, on Thursday's episode, very well could be a shirtless pod. It'd be a five-game win streak, and uh, the Magic would be in a good place at that point. So, well, we would take it. And as we're looking at that, like if the Magic pull off another lossless week, another undefeated week, and they go 4-0, like you're, you really are legitimately looking at an 11-game win streak in the face because if you come out of that win, Indiana, you've won seven games in a row. Then you've got Brooklyn, Toronto, Toronto, Charlotte. Like th- that should be a four-win stretch right there Brooklyn Toronto Toronto Charlotte like should win all those games especially Toronto's going to be without Scotty Barnes you know for the time being as he's you know fractured his hand and also probably fractured most of my uh you know fantasy basketball playoff hopes uh as well and also um indirectly shattered the Brick Muse Twitter account by the way today That's, all that yeah, sort of happened absolutely. so mm-hmm. we could be looking at a you know double digit win streak here if we're able to get through this weekend obviously like you have to play those other games but right now when you think about the way the magic are playing we're healthy and a lot of this is bias and vibes would that would that would just be awesome would i be shocked if the magic on a back-to-back after beating charlotte slept walk their way into washington and drop that game i would be disheartened to say the least to lose to a team as terrible as washington has been who now is tied for the worst team in the league with the Detroit Pistons. That's crazy. They are. They. Oh man, I don't know, I don't know how I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, their current losing streaks like thirteen or something. They might. They might get to uh, rival for the, the Pistons, Pistons to lose twenty eight games in a row, and then not end up with the worst record in the league would be like really incredible. It would be impressive that the Wizards would do that. And shout out to Kuzma who once said. Just don't be that team. Alluding to the fact that you don't want to be the team that loses to the Pistons while not, while they're on that win streak. I don't want to be the team that loses to the Wizards. I would be I would be su- somewhat surprised, of course, if the Magic lose that game. But it is on a back to back. Anything can happen on a back to back. Players could be out for injury management. Who knows? So we'll see. But I am going to ride with the vibes we're going for now. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up again, folks. Next episode of the Six Fan Show is going to be filmed next Sunday after the Magic take on the Pacers at home. Our next watch party is coming up March 15th when the Magic play in Toronto. We'll be at Johnny's Fill-In Station located at 2631 South Fern Creek Avenue in Orlando. That's a 730 tip. 
So be on the lookout for that. That is going to do it for this one. For Luke Silvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.